Hello and welcome back to our devotions on the Psalms. Since Tuesday, when we meditated on Psalm 34, the first nine, eight verses of nine, uh, Psalm 34, I have had a few more insights which I would like to share with you about prayer, about turning to God. But before that, I thought maybe we will read the verses 1 to 8 again just to refresh our memory on what it is to turn to God. And so I will read Psalm 34 verse 1 to 8 first. I will extol the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. This poor man called and the Lord heard him. He saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. Just on Tuesday afternoon, I was chatting with a very old lady and she shared a, an incident that just happened to her a few days ago. She was packing a home and in the process of packing, she accidentally misplaced or threw away her daily bread. Now, this lady had very conscientiously read um, the daily bread every day for many, many years. It was like her means of connecting with God. And so when she couldn't find the daily bread, she was really dismayed because her life, her joy, her emotions were tied very much to the devotions of that day. And of course, she began to panic. She searched frantically for the book and couldn't find it. She thought about which friend she could call to get another copy of the daily bread. But you know that comes quarterly and it was hard to think of anyone. And then a thought came to her. Let's not panic. Just focus. And so as she focused on prayer and what God would do for her, she was led to a drawer. <clears throat> she opened the drawer and found an old prayer book which she had used when she was very young. Very young. This prayer book had been so... Uh, old, that the spine had already torn off. It was just a um, sheaf of pages in between two covers. And she took the prayer book up and she started to read it. And in her words, she said, I realized that the prayers were me. She resonated, she identified so much with the prayers. And she was so happy because she said this was far better than the devotions I've been reading so many for so many years because the prayers resonated with her. And her conclusion too was that in these days of her life, what she needed was more prayer and less commentary, less writings about God. She needed more to pray to God. And as she mused on, she thought to realize why her husband, without explaining to her, always chose a prayer book instead of the commentary or the daily bread. She couldn't understand him then. I mean, the daily bread was so easy to understand, but instead he would pick up a book 
of prayers and every day faithfully pray the prayers in that book. But she said at that moment she realised why it was so important. Because to him, and he was uh, ill, he had stroke and all that, to him prayer was far more important than commentary. I thought about that too. So often read books and lots of commentaries or devotionals. I wonder what it would do to us instead if we prayed. If we prayed the Psalms. I know I'm doing a lot of, uh, pod, my podcasts are largely commentary and devotionals as well. And I apologize for that. But I surely would like to change that uh, in a while. Let me continue with my commentaries first. But prayer to us is so important. And that leads me to the second insight. Just yesterday morning, <clears throat> a friend sent an old song to me which always, which never failed to move me. And this song is called Every Time I Pray. Well, I'm not going to sing it to you today. Um, I think it's a much better idea if you went on to Spotify or YouTube after this devotion, after this podcast. Listen to it, to it yourself. But what I'll do is I'll read the words to you. This is how it goes. The, the title of the song is Every Time I Pray. I will come to you in prayer. I will seek your face. I will stand within the gap. There will I intercede. For every time I pray, I move the hand of God. My prayer does the things my hands cannot do. For every time I pray, the mountains are removed. The paths are made straight and nations turn to you. I am weak and helpless, Lord, you my strength shall be. Guide me with your gracious hand, there will my victory be. For every time I pray, I move the hand of God. My prayer does the things my hands cannot do. For every time I pray, the mountains are removed. The paths are made straight and nations turn to you. And then this friend also did a search on the origins of this song, and I'd like to read that to you as well. The song Every Time I Pray was written in 1981 for Full Gospel Tabernacles First Church Camp. This is in Malaysia. At that time, FGT was at her infancy with only 30 people. Most of the members were young. The leaders were also young at that time. At our first meeting, we raised only a few thousand ringgit, which was not even sufficient to pay for the church fixtures. I remembered we were poor and had to sit on the floor at our first few meetings. This was the setting when the song was written. Every time I pray is our cry to God for help. It reflected our faith in God that He could see us through all the difficulties we faced at that time. We believed in prayer. The church was built on prayer. Prayer has always been and will continue to be the foundation of the church. Before every major decision was taken by the leadership, there would always be a call for the church to pray for a period of time. And it continues about now, 30 years later, the church has grown to um, it's grown to 3,000. It's been 45 years since. I mean, the church has grown to 1,000. But prayer has, continues to be the center point of the church. Those involved in ministry, those in leadership, would always would be required, in fact, 
to attend prayer meetings to pray for the church. I thought about what this Psalm 34 talks to us about. It's powerful because it tells us the centrality of prayer in the times when we cannot do anything especially. It is then that we pause and we pray. This part of the song that says, The paths are made straight, the mountains are removed, the paths are made straight, and nations turn to you. I was just reflecting on this as I was thinking about the situation in Afghanistan and Myanmar and the various nations that were going through great turmoil. And I felt a great sense of helplessness because it's like, what can, what can we do? I mean, these are far away. They, sometimes even our money, our aid, nothing can get through to them. And this song reminds me that though we are small, though we are few, and though we are far, far away, and though these rulers are strong, yet as we pray, nations turn to God. It reminds us, it reminds me that there are options, that we are not without options, that we can turn to God and and not say that we have nothing else to do, just pray what to do. But it's not about what to do or the last resort. It is a powerful resource of prayer that God has given to us. So let's now look at the second part of Psalm 34. Now read from verse 9 to 22. Just listen to this psalm. Fear the Lord, you his holy people, for those who fear him lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. Whoever of you loves life and desires to see many good things, keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their cry. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil, to plot, blot out their name from the earth. The righteous cry out, and the Lord hears them. He delivers them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. The righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. He protects all his bones, not one of them will be broken. Evil will slay the wicked, the foes of the righteous will be condemned. The Lord will rescue his servants, no one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. This is the word of the Lord, thanks be to God. This second part of Psalm 34 is about the fear of the Lord. <clears throat> what does it mean to fear God? I think the first thing that comes to mind is to be in awe of God. To know that God is not someone to be trifled with. To know that God is not some small person who sometimes is able to help us, sometimes unable to. We heard last week in Psalm 19 about how awesome our God is. That He is not just a feudal Lord overseeing this world. But he watches over billions and billions, hundreds of billions of planets, 
hundreds of billions of galaxies, each galaxy having thousands of star systems, and each star system having many planets orbiting around them. And this is God who has created all these things that holds all things together. He's also God who has created the earth. And I was talking with uh, Chris Chong the other day about the Big Bang Theory. and You know, the Big Bang Theory is not against creation. But just think of how God created the earth. The earth with all its fullness today that we see. And from nothing, God created that through the Big Bang, through other means, yes. But it was God who made all this. And so when we think about power of God, we should not belittle our God. Our problem is that often we see God as way too small. And sometimes we joke about God, sometimes we disobey God, and we and we just overlook God. We, we just don't want to think, we, we, we don't think highly of Him. We think that, well, if I disobeyed Him, it doesn't matter. Our lack of fear of God makes Him very small in our eyes. The problem with that is that God doesn't punish you for this, but evil will. Because if God in your eyes is tiny, like God is in your eyes is just like a grain of sand, can be easily disregarded, then when you need a refuge, where will you find that refuge? Hide behind a grain of sand? How will that small puny God help you? But if starting <clears throat> now we began to fear God, <clears throat> if we began to see God as the awesome God, the almighty God, the powerful God, then at the times when we need a fortress and we need a refuge, we have God who will protect us. We can hide behind Him. And know that he whom we fear will also be greatly feared by evil and by the devils and by our enemies. Our need to fear God is important for our own sakes. Because how much we see God, how much we regard God, will determine how we can find security in this God. God is big regardless of what we think of him. But if we think nothing of Him, then we will not turn to Him, we will not have confidence in turning to Him. But if we truly fear God, then we will have all the confidence in Him. And this is what the psalmist then promises. He says, those who fear Him lack nothing. Of course, if you knew that God is the provider, that, that God owns the hills with thousands of cattle, the thousands of hills with cattle, then surely you lack nothing. The lions may grow weak and hungry. The lions are the king of forest. And even the lions may grow weak and hungry. But those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And then it continues, whoever loves life, keep your tongue from evil, your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. This is what it means to fear God, to keep our tongue clean. Keep it from evil, from telling lies. And this part that is beautiful, it says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. Jesus says, Blessed are you who mourn, for they will be comforted. And this is exactly what this psalmist is saying. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. 
though our hearts may break, though we may lose things that are precious to us, yet it is at the time of our broken-heartedness that God is close to you. And so for each of you who is weeping and broken, take comfort because God is not far from you, rather He is close to you. What a paradox, because often when things don't go our way, often when we are very broken, we say, where is God? Has God left me? Is God far from me? The promise is this, that God is especially close to the brokenhearted. And then he continues, the righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from all of them. Trouble, none of us is exempt from troubles, but God comes to us and helps us in our moments of trouble and delivers us all. The second last verse says, Evil will slay the wicked. It is not even us who will slay the wicked. The ones who perform evil will be killed by their own evil. But the Lord will rescue his servants. No one who takes refuge in him will be condemned. When God is large in our eyes, when we tremble before him, when we regard him in all our actions, God looms large in our lives, then we who take refuge in Him will find safety. Let us pray. Father, teach us, first of all, to fear You, to fear You above everything else, to fear You when we act in the things that we do, that we may always regard You and know that You are God to be revered, God to be feared and God to be obeyed. To fear you in our thoughts that when we sit and meditate on things, good and evil, that we may fear you. To fear you when we think about those who suffer, when we think about our own lives and resources that we have. Teach us, Lord, to fear you. That in fearing you, we may know that you are God over all the nations that the nations tremble before you and evil and rulers who hurt others. You have regard and you will not let the poor and the broken-hearted go. But God, first of all, teach us to fear you. Teach us to fear you in all our lives. That as we fear you, you will loom large before our eyes. And we may know that we can find safety in you, our fortress and our rock, that as you grow in our eyes, as you become more and more like who you are before us, then we will be comforted that even though nations and rulers may be powerful, yet Lord, you are God above all of them. And so God, teach us truly to fear you in all that we do. And in our fear of you, we may know that you invite us as your children to cry out to you and to pray and to bring our needs before you. And that we will grow confident that we who turn to you and cry to you will never be ashamed. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well then, have a blessed day and I hope to see some of you over at 
service. But I would caution you to be careful if you have children, young children who are not vaccinated and you're worried. Or if you live with elders or you, you visit the elderly, uh, then do take precautions. Um, if you don't feel safe, then stay home and worship with us online. But for those of you who do not worry about these, I encourage you to come to church. Just come and worship because there's so much joy and goodness in coming to worship God together. And just as, a, as added assurance, now all the staff will be, will, be, uh, will be taking the, our ART before turning up for church. So when we greet you, know that we are not, uh, not infected. These are the little things that we will, precautions that we'll take. I hope then to see some of you worship together. God bless you. Goodbye.